From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. Let's not waste any time. We're going to bring in uh, Senator Ron Johnson, a very dear friend. Senator Johnson, thank you for doing this this morning. We appreciate it. Good morning, Larry. Uh, Hope you're doing well. A uh, little under the weather. Got a cold, but you know what? <laughs> we'll get through it. <laughs> not a problem. I'd like to talk about the war, the Israel war. I'd like to talk with you about the fact that it didn't take Joe Biden long to start calling for a ceasefire or pause, putting the handcuffs on Israel. Netanyahu wisely has said no. They keep sending uh, Tony Blinken around. I don't even know what Blinken wants. He's got like 10 conditions and no one's meeting them. Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran. How is this possible? We were, but Biden starts out supporting Israel and talking about, you know, the existential efforts to keep their existence. And in just a couple of weeks, Senator Johnson, he's already jumping ship because the left wing, the anti-Semitic left wing of the Democratic Party is closing in on him. Can you talk to that, sir? Well, when the form of politics you play is identity politics and you assemble a coalition of all these groups, and you push division, and you push hate. Every now and again, uh, members of your coalition uh, hate each other, and that's what you're finding out. Is it? So you're, you're seeing that the uh, they're starting to cater and pander to the the Arab uh, part of their coalition at the expense of the, the Jewish and, and pro-Israeli part of the coalition, and it's not working out too well for them. But uh, you know, from my standpoint, this is pretty straightforward what we need to do. I mean, the 1,400... Israelis that were slaughtered, if, if you would just make that a comparison to the U.S. as a percentage of the population, that would be like 50,000 Americans brutally slaughtered. I mean, to the point where you really can't even describe it on the radio, okay? Uh, you can imagine what the American public would be demanding of our military, of our, of our government, and that's exactly what the, the Israeli people are going to be demanding of the Israeli government and their defense forces. They need to destroy Hamas. They can't ever allow this to happen again. And our role as Israel's friend is to support Israel, not undermine its efforts, not ask it to you know, pause in their attack to put more Israeli soldiers at risk uh, in accomplishing what they have to accomplish. Um, with no input from Hamas, I mean, the ceasefire or pause, there's no difference. It's a semantic difference. Um I don't see any conditions for Hamas. I don't see any conditions for Hezbollah. I don't see any conditions for Iran. And by the way, the Iranian paymaster continues to bloat its uh, finances, sir, because uh, they refuse, they, the Bidens, refuse to enforce the Trump sanctions. I mean, it's one of the most, it's one of the worst aspects of this is the fact that the Bidens will not deal with Iran, will not talk about Iran, will not talk about how they broke the sanctions on Iran, and how Iran is the paymaster and, of course, the master strategist. How do you reckon that, Senator Johnson? Well, first of all, that is the root cause of the current situation here, and it started back with the Obama administration as they uh, coddled uh, the Iranian regime, uh, funneled tens, more than $100 billions of dollars into the largest state-sponsored terror you know, under the totally mistaken belief that you could get Iran to change their behavior, that we could get at, get Iran to abandon their nuclear ambitions, you never that was never going to happen. And then, of course, the Biden administration picked up where the Obama administration left off, 
lifted sanctions, allowed tens of billions more money to flow into the, again, largest state sponsor of terror. Uh, they are the paymasters for Hamas and Hezbollah and the Houthis in Yemen. But again, this, this is the result of hor- horribly stupid policies on the part of the, the Obama administration and the Biden administration and all their advisors who are pretty much the same group of people. You know this guy, uh, Anthony Blinken? Yeah, I know he lied to my uh, investigators when we asked him a pretty simple question. Did you ever email Hunter Biden? He could have been honest. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, he's the son of the vice president. I, I, I know him. I email him. You no, know, he lied to us because he's trying to cover up his, you know, the wrongdoing of the Biden family. So, no, I don't trust him any further. I can throw him. Wasn't he the guy uh, who prompted the letter from the 51 phony intelligence people to say the laptop was a Russian disinformation? Didn't Blinken start that? You are correct there. And, of course, then he had the uh, uh, complicity and the aid of uh, members of the intelligence agencies that uh, went along with it uh, and really turned the tide of the election. I, I think had it not been for that, that uh, lie, that big lie, I think Trump would have got a second term. I don't believe we would have uh, disastrously withdrawn from Afghanistan the way we did. I don't think we would have emboldened Putin and Xi and the Ayatollahs. Uh, we wouldn't be engaged in war on fossil fuel. We would have a closed border. We would have already uh, had a functioning legal immigration system. Uh, you know, Larry, I've said this repeatedly. If you were asked to devise a strategy to destroy this country, you'd be really hard-pressed to come up with a better game plan than what the Biden is, and his his administration is implementing the, the open borders, the, again, the, the dangerous and disastrous uh, surrender in Afghanistan, the 40-year high inflation, the war on fossil fuels. I mean, the, the, this division, the hate that they are sowing through their identity politics, uh, it's, it's, it's destroying this country. It's weakening us. And when America is weak, the world's a far more dangerous place. That's the, the situation we're in right now. What do you think of... Uh you know, Senator Chuck Schumer, uh, Jewish senator, long-time service, usually on the side of Israel. Now he's shilling for Biden's ceasefire and um, opposing. I want to talk about uh, Speaker Mike Johnson's Israel strategy, but how can a guy like Schumer go along with the left-wing anti-Semitic uh, part of the D- Democratic Party. How? Can, why isn't he speaking up? I mean, I, you know, you and I disagree with his politics through and through. He's a man of the left. We are conservatives on the right. But Schumer has represented the Jewish people in New York State and around the country. He's always been a great friend of Israel. And now he's turning away from that. How do you figure that? Well, like most of not all Democrats, he's an enormous, he's a huge hypocrite. Uh, all they really are concerned about all they really crave is power and they will do anything to obtain power and maintain power but that's the, the definition of the democrat party i mean they're from the left larry i don't know anything that the leftist ideology has ever built i mean radical leftism just destroys things marxism communism it just destroys economies destroys nations destroys freedom it doesn't build anything other than a really effective propaganda machine and they, they do that time and time throughout history, and unfortunately, propaganda works. Mm. That, that, and that's all that props up the Democrat Party is just falsehoods, lies, and propaganda. What do you think of uh, our new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson? Big supporter. I, I met with him, uh, uh, escorted him over to our Senate uh, steering committee lunch, uh, 
I'm, I'm very impressed with him. He, first of all, he's just such a good person. You can just mm-hmm. tell he's a good person. He's got core beliefs. Uh, he, he, he's not bombastic at all. He just tells you exactly what he believes. And mm-hmm. I think you can rely on that he's going to adhere to those principles. And I, I think what he's doing with Israel is absolutely correct. He's just recognizing the reality of the situation. He's not going to be able to pass the supplemental that Schumer and McConnell want to push and shove down his throats. He wants to, he wants to support Israel. And he wants to do it in a fiscally responsible way, and he's chosen the exact pay for it. Provide $14.5 billion to Israel, and let's reduce by a little bit the, the amount that the, the Biden administration uh, got passed to support more IRS harassment of Americans. I mean, it's a perfect pay for it. It's not going to put a dent in the IRS's ability to harass Americans, <laughs> uh, it, but it might reduce it a little bit. Yeah, so the idea of a pay for which is a very good idea, has been lost in recent years. I mean, Newt Gingrich has been talking about this a lot. Uh, pay-fors should come back as a budget uh, weapon, and uh, Speaker Johnson wants to do that. I mean, even apart from the huge, huge issues of preserving Israel's freedom and so forth, this is a very important budget issue, and you can see the rebellion, just $14 billion, one lousy pay-for, and everyone's howling about that. Well, that's, that's the Union Party in Washington, D.C., which has uh, plundered and mortgaged our children's future, land us uh, more than $33.5 trillion in debt with no one in sight. You know, the other thing I think that's brilliant about this, again, it's just it's bowing to reality. Uh, he can't pass the overall supplemental, and he also realizes the, the very – legitimate and effective uh, point that's been made that the Biden administration and members of the Democratic care far more about Ukraine's border security than our own. And so there will be a very legitimate and concerted effort to make sure that any money going to Ukraine, and I think we all want to support the Ukrainians, we all despise Putin, but any money that's going to go into Ukraine is going to be tied to true border security. And from my standpoint, that's got to be tied to metrics and benchmarks. It's very easy to do. You know, Trump, pretty well, well from the height of the, the border crisis that he experienced because of bad Obama policies, within 12 months, he brought it down from the top of his crisis down to only 17,500 people coming to this country a month. Now, that's still 17,500 too many, but it was a tremendous improvement over what he was dealing with. And it compares to over 270,000 on the southwest border last month under Biden. 17,000 versus 270,000. Uh, we have to steer our border. Yeah, you know, I interviewed Speaker Johnson uh, Thursday. Um, he's such an amiable, likable guy. And as you say, he has very good core principles. And he basically said, look, he basically said what you just said. Uh, money for Ukraine should be, but it should be conditional on border security policy changes. Finish the wall, end catch and release, end the abuse of parole authority, reform the broken asylum system, and restart remain in Mexico. So those five points, I mean, that's a very sensible approach. My question is, will it have any legs in the Senate? Can you stir the pot, you and your group of, you know, strong conservatives? Get me, even Mitch McConnell has said we, we do need changes on the border. Can, can this get done? 
Well, you know, I do know the group that is working on border security measures. I've, I've seen the proposal. It's a rock-solid proposal. If you had a president who wanted to secure the border and was willing to faithfully execute the laws we passed, unfortunately, we don't have a president like that right now, which means, yeah, we need to change that law, and what they're proposing is really rock-solid, but unless we attach to it metrics and benchmarks that the administration must achieve, mm. actually bring down the number of people that are trying to get in this country illegally, uh, it'll be off or not. And quite honestly, then Republicans would be blamed for passing something that didn't work either. So, no, th- there is a concerted effort. Uh, I think I think we will have enough uh, Republicans to deny cloture on any measure that comes short of actually fixing the problem with metrics to ensure that this administration actually executes the law that we passed. So you think you got a group that could deny cloture until until you get these conditions? I sure hope so, and that's certainly what I've been working on even this morning to make sure that we do. Who's your who are your major uh, cohort, Senator Johnson? Well, you know, my, my two main allies are Rick Scott and Mike Lee. I mean, it's yeah. uh, this core group that worked with House conservatives, we're mm. the ones that convinced everybody we have to get by the debt ceiling, get something for it. So it was the House Freedom Caucus that literally are responsible for getting us by the debt ceiling. Mm. And I think uh, Speaker Johnson recognizes that, and I was very pleased to hear he wants to broaden cooperation and collaboration, not only within the House, but also with the Senate, which is why he came to Senate steering lunch uh, when he was a pretty busy guy, but uh, you know, really did a great job you know, getting the senators to understand the challenges he faces, asking for the support. And you know, from my standpoint, right. I certainly hope a no Republican senator undermines his efforts. Well, that's good stuff. Um, you know, it's funny on that point, uh, we'll take a quick break, but he came on my show for uh, 10, 12, 15 minutes, and we're going to play a lot of that interview uh, at the next hour. He's a busy guy, but he took time out for the show, and I was most grateful for that. And um, I was so impressed with him, as were our viewers. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, the most sensible guy, maybe one of the five most sensible guys in the Senate. Senator, hang on, uh, take a quick break. On the other side of the break, I want to talk about some of the new the checks. Uh, 40000 let's see, goes 10000 no, 400,000 becomes 40,000. That's 10% that went to the big guy. And Jamie Comer has all the checks to prove it. And Senator Johnson, we'll talk about that on the other side. Folks, I'm Cudlow. We'll be right back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Larry Kudlow. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here talking to the great Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson. Senator Johnson, let's talk about um, 
loans, $200,000 checks going to uh, to uh, Joe Biden from Jim Biden, his brother, another $40,000 check. I think it actually went from Sarah Biden, Jim Biden's wife, to Comer. Uh, at least one of them is traceable to the uh, Chinese communist uh, investor, oil company investor. Uh, the other one, they're quibbling about whether it was a loan or not. Uh, nobody has the loan documents about the terms of the loan. So what do you make of this uh, latest stuff that came out last week? Well, I think uh, Chairman Comer is doing a great job at further exposing the corruption of the Biden crime family. You know, Senator Grass and I, we pretty well laid out all the inflows coming into this labyrinth of companies that Hunter set, set up. Those obviously, obviously set up uh, to launder money. And now, by obtaining these bank records, we're seeing exactly how that that money is being laundered. You're right. I mean, forty thousand dollars just happens to be ten percent of four hundred thousand dollar payment to the big guy. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, isn't it? And you know, I'm sure the Bidens are going to resist to turning over all the bank records. But when Chairman Coleman gets them, I think it's going to be devastating for for Joe Biden. You know, but I also have to point out. Uh, you know, my partner in the Senate, Senator Grassley, has had a whistleblower come to his office that is providing excellent information and, quite honestly, depressing information. The fact that the FBI had 40 confidential human sources mm. that had the derogatory information on the Bidens, and the FBI basically set up this foreign influence task force whose job is primarily to find out where, where that derogatory information is, catch and kill it, my staff calls it. I mean, basically, they would, they would find out where it was, then they'd swoop in and say, oh, that's Russian disinformation which is exactly what the task force did in their unsolicited briefing to Senator Grassley and I to dissuade us from investigating the Hunter, Hunter Biden corruption, interfering in our elections or interfering in our uh, uh, investigation. And then they leaked it, which interfered my election. No, so, again, it's not, not only do we have the, the danger to national security of a compromised president because of the Biden corruption, but now we see the corruption in federal law enforcement. Uh, you, you mentioned the 51 uh, intelligence officials that uh, lied to the American public that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian information operation. Again, this is this is corruption at the highest levels. That's the danger to our democracy. Senator Johnson, which um, what task force was that? An FBI task force? Or, uh, which task force? Yeah, this, it was called the Foreign Influence Task Force. Uh, wow. You had an individual, Brian Auten, in August of 2020. Whistleblower said he had a scheme to, again, identify and downplay any derogatory information. Again, we're, we're trying to get the pieces of the puzzle that put together as well. But, you know, Larry, you, you, you can't get information out of the federal, out of uh, the FBI. I mean, they are the law, and they use their position as being the law to hold themselves above the law, mm, to hold themselves, yes. you know, to, to insulate themselves from congressional oversight and public scrutiny. It's, it's a very serious problem. Well, um, I had Senator Grassley on the show last week. You know, we were talking about, I guess the letter he wrote, he mentioned you several times as his colleague on this, um, 40 senior FBI informants, I mean, I reckon these are paid informants, uh, have said that there were criminal acts with respect to the Bidens uh, from foreign uh, money and... uh, they signed these 1023 FBI reports, uh, which is to say they're under oath when they do it. Uh, but now uh, you can't get your hands on these reports, and the FBI is covering them up. Now, 
What do you make of that? Because that that's another one of these FBI's above the law, but they actually wrote or signed 1023 reports as senior informants. So I would guess if you made that public, that would be quite a lot of evidence one way or another. Absolutely. And again, I think what it appears was happening is this foreign influence task force would find out, you know, get information from different offices from these confidential human sources and then swoop on in. And whoever the FBI agents that were developing these sources is, oh, don't worry about that. It's Russian disinformation. That, that's what they were telling us in a secure briefing. I, I knew it was, it was a, a setup. Hmm. I asked them at that point in time, you know, okay, what information do you have? Well, we can't share that with you. So who, who set up this briefing? Hmm. Three years later, Larry, we don't know who directed that unsolicited briefing. We do have uh, now Chairman Jordan investigating who set that thing up because that right. briefing Senator Grassley and I was corrupt as well. Senator Ron Johnson, as always, sir, we really appreciate it. God bless what you're doing in the U.S. Senate. Thanks for coming back on the show, folks. We'll take a quick break. Other side of the break, we have Fox's Brian Kilmeade, and then we're going to play the uh, Mike Johnson, Speaker Mike Johnson interview. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. <laughs> 